and welcome to the third episode of the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we are here today to talk about St. Valentine's Day Massacre. This was my choice. Stuart, are you pleased about that? I will never forgive you for making me ever watch this. Garbage. In my defence, I thought it was better than it was. Um, certainly the early part of the card. I think that the, the later end of the card really does help my case a wee bit. Um, but the, 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 the lower regions of the card was pretty poor. Yeah, wasn't 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 too impressed, but uh, yeah. So February fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine, at the Memphis Pyramid, um, which is a genuine pyramid, which looks pretty cool. Actually, it looks really really nice. I noticed that um, they've done a couple of uh, outside shots of us during the hardcore match. It looks amazing. What an yeah. excellent arena! Phenomenal. Um, in Memphis, Tennessee, of course, right beside the Mississippi River. Uh, this is the twenty seventh, and it's the final in your house event that they did. Um, the title of St. Valentine's Day Massacre alludes to the uh, real gang warfare um, in Chicago in 1929. A bit of fact here for you, uh, between Al Capone and Bugs Moran. Uh, seven men were killed on Valentine's Day in a shooting um, in Chicago, and uh, that, event, that um, tragedy was deemed St. Valentine's Day Massacre, so we're, we're um, 70 years down the line. Um, 60 years down the line, even, and we've called this pay-per-view St. Valentine's Day Massacre as well, so we sort of know the history there. <laughs> well, that... that... Trevor was more entertaining than the first two hours of this pay-per-view. <laughs> there you have it. Um, 19,082 in attendance. I've seen two different numbers. It was year 19,028 or 19,082. So it's one or the other. They said 82 on the show, so that's what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. Um, on the last pay-per-view at No Way Out, I said the buy rate was like a 1.2 or something. So the buy rate is similar to the TV ratings in America, where it's not the actual number. So a one buy rate is about 400,000. Yeah. So I found the actual pay-per-view buys for the last show was 480,000, and this one was 450. So okay. down 30,000 from, pre- from the year after. Um, <clears throat> 17,977 were paid, so that was about, about 1,000 comps. Um and about 316,000 at the gate was about 18 quid a ticket. Um, no bad for a pay-per-view, eh? Not bad at all. £18 or $18? $18, sorry, $18. dollars um, I couldn't find ratings for the week before, so the following week was Raw did a 5.9 and Nitro a 3.9, so Raw were, were, were up a good bit in the ratings at this point. Uh, momentum was certainly shifting. Obviously, the, the Austin McMahon angle was probably mm. one of the best angles they ever did, yeah. um, still to this day. Um, an incredible draw. Uh, I think that sort of certainly speaks for itself in the ratings. Um, yeah. So well, 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 the opening show package, first and foremost, I thought was a thing of beauty. It was. Um, it was really, really well done. Again, they've got their yeah. production. They've got their. Um, they've got the promo packages down to a T. Yeah. It's really, really well done. It was a, a sort of retro twenty style. Obviously, like that name again, is it Valentine's Day Massacre? Um, with the old sort of music, the black and white, the flickering, um, and the video package showcasing Austin and McMahon. And, and, and the feud that they've been having over the, the, the last few weeks. Um, I thought it was just a perfect intro for the, for the theme of the show, um, and it really, it really broadcast that right off the bat. We get Michael Cole on commentary um, with JR, of course, who's in his hometown uh, of Tennessee. Oh, Lawler, sorry, the king. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say JR? I would have loved uh, it to be in JR. <laughs> it'd be not too bad. I didn't think they were that bad. Michael Cole sound, sounded really different in this uh, point. Yeah, and and Law had the the course. Uh, he uh, he must have had a little sore throat. So he wasn't he wasn't yeah. speaking much. Um, he must anyway. have been out on the town. Um, Absolutely. Uh, he, he was a bit hoarse after the second match or so. It was it was really you know really audible. Um, it's it's weird here. Michael Cole Cole moves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he he used to be like quite good 
it wasn't it wasn't bad to hear. I thought Lola was actually not too bad because he wasn't saying much. No, nope, um, he was not. He was limiting himself obviously with his voice, so it was quite handy. <laughs> so our opening contest, which really um set, set the tone <laughs> <laughs> for the first half of the show. Uh open contest, schedule for one fall. It's the bizarre one gold dust against the even more bizarre blue dust. Um obviously the blue meanie um portraying uh gold the gold dust character in his own form. Um this wasn't I don't think this was very over at the time and it certainly didn't age well. Um I thought Gold Dust was quite over. Um Yeah, well yeah, Gold Dust was over. Um, yeah, the match wasn't. But the, yeah, the match, and to be fair, it was only three minutes, four seconds, so it didn't take up too much of your time, and the crowd actually seemed to be not too bad for it, you know, they weren't... The crowd were very forgiving tonight, I thought. Yeah, uh, it sort of speaks for the attitude there itself and how hot things were back then, regardless of what they were yeah. at the time. Uh, well, it was always more characters over wrestling. Yeah, so um, this is, a, this is a, a daft storyline that comes from them all stealing Al Snow's head, that's basically what the storyline summits around. Um, uh, Goldust gives him a good spanking, and... A, and, and that's not a euphemism, that a literal, literal spanking. spanking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dash misses a moonsault, Goldust hits a curtain call and that's a game over, three minutes, mm. four seconds, um, and we get a post-match shattered dreams which really um, set the tone for the rest of the pay-per-view. So, yeah, the crowd popped big for that as well. Yeah, they wanted it, uh, it was like, mm. cause it, it teased it in the match and they never got it, and then obviously after the match the crowd were getting hot for it, so it, it sent them home happy sort of thing, so... Um, <laughs> this was what it was. Um, yeah, it was garbage. Yeah, um, blue minis. After I watched this, I thought, "Is this pay per view actually as good as I remember?" It? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The blue minis ring attire was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, the loungewear pajamas again. Like, I, oh, I hate that arsehole, man. No one wants to see that. I watch um, blue mini, and I think I could probably be a wrestler. You know, cause <laughs> if, if that guy made it, then I think I may have a chance. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you'd have a Christmas, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, next up, we get Al Snow versus Hardcore Holly um, for the vacant Hardcore title. Uh, Road Dog was injured when he had the title, so he had to drop it. Um, not very hardcore, is he? This is uh, both these guys were in the job squad at the time, um, and I was uh, Bob uh, Hardcore yeah, Holly no, was trying is, to drop no, the no, spark this is, plug. This is still Bob Holly. He's not quite got that. Yeah, he's trying, he's trying to drop the the, the sparky, sparky plug, plug. Mm-hmm. gimmick. Um, and move on to being Hardcore Holly, um, which you eventually will. This was what you expect from the hardcore matches in, in the WWF at the time. If you enjoy this kind of stuff, then more power to you. It's mm-hmm. not for me. Um, I will say about the, the hardcore match in WWE, they're a bit more slapstick than you see in you know, your, your death matchy stuff. It's much more fun. It's comedy. Yeah, so I, I'll give them credit. It was not too bad, but it went on. A, it felt like an age. Um, yes, uh, I thought it absolutely dragged. Dragged, yeah. uh, dragged on a fair bit. They brawled out the mat, out the ring, through the crowd, um, through the backstage area and to the outside. They end up down by the Mississippi River, which is just on the outside of the arena. They both end up in the river, which must have been a freezing. That must have sucked, man. In February in Memphis, mm. <laughs> it must have been freezing. Um, uh, and then the finish is Hardcore Holly wrapping uh, Al Snow up in chicken wire and getting the pinfall, despite the fact that Al Snow's shoulder wasn't actually down. <laughs> Nor was he actually trapped in the chicken. No, but he stayed there for a wee while, so he sold it well enough. He sold it well. Uh, Yeah, I mean... mean, This was just shy of 10 minutes, 9 minutes 58. It was a drag. And the referee seemed to forget to bring the title with him because normally the ref carries it around. So Holly had to run all the way back. That was awkward. Uh, awkward. Him and Tim White, who's not the fittest of referees, they were both gasped by the time they got there, um, just so he could lift the title. So... As we said, this match is what it was. Um, we get Al Snow versus Bob Holly versus Billy Gunn at Mania 15 for the title, mm. um, 
but this whole opening two matches was all about what the attitude era was and what mm. some people seem to forget about the attitude era was. There was a lot of bullshit. Yeah, this, this was part of it. Definitely, but I thought that, I mean, the crowd popped for Snow. That must be the biggest reaction he's ever had. Yeah, well, I, it, it was, um, you know, um, during this time, as I said earlier, you know, everything was over. So, you yeah. know, even though we're looking back at it thinking, oh, this was rotten, it was working at the time. So you yeah. can't really you know, you can't really give them too much negative prop for that by saying, you know, they capitalised on what the fans wanted at the time. Mm-hmm. So, it is a different generation. Um, I, ju- I think it's a bit unfair for the crowd to have to watch the second match on the big screens in the arena. Yeah. You pay for a pay-per-view, then you're having to watch it on a screen. It's just, it, I think it kills the crowd. Yeah, it does. And, it, you know, it kills their interest in the match. And, you know, for a fact, as soon as they, they leave the, the ringside area, a lot of people are going to get a drink and a snack because yeah, they, exactly. they ain't sitting watching it on the screen. Um we get a, a promo for the, from the Undertaker and the Ministry, um, surrounded by fire and, and darkness, and um, he just sort of he lays in a little sort of mythic mystic promo, if you like, and um, big sort of midian on his match coming up next. So, sorry, I had um, <laughs> the only thing I was thinking about was from Hot Fuzz. And just like, <laughs> Taker just giving it for the greater good. For the greater good I was trying oh, to think of the words there. I'm like, what did he say again? Brilliant. Uh, this was, um, I mean, it was cool, but it was, it was. That's what I'll keep in mind as well. That the, the, the daftness of it. Mm. Um, there was a bit of comedy there, if you, if you can see it, you know. <laughs> I like, I like the ministry. Um, I did as well. I've that didn't. You know, I loved the ministry. I thought it was, it was different from anything that was going on at the time. Definitely. Um, and it made Undertaker look like an absolute menace, you know. Like, yeah, you, you can spot who the star is. Can't yeah, you? Um, he just, you know, came out with his big cloak on and mm. and Vera by his side, and you know, all these guys running around after him and. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed the whole ministry thing. So next up, we get your boy, for Big the, Boss Man. the second week in a row. Yes. Boss Man, fantastic. Um, and my favourite Boss Man gear, uh, sort of corporation, sort of flat jacket, um, yep. hat gear, Boss mm-hmm, Man, love mm-hmm. it. Uh, and he takes on Midian, who somehow, for some reason carries an eye in a jar. Yeah, no reason. I had no idea. Because no, he's creepy, that's about it, really, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think he was creepy when he was naked, Midian. <laughs> uh, whatever works for you, mate. You thought it was going to be the buff. Um, uh, crowd isn't into this match at all. Nope. Um, boring chance, booing, just generally not interested. Uh, I have to agree with them. It was garbage. Um, but the boss man hits a boss man slam for the win. Yeah, that was it. That, uh, was, that was it. They were both fucked after five minutes. They yep. were knackered. Um, six minutes, this, 19. Your yeah, favourite number, 619. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for making this pay-per-view worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, I said, as I said, the bone champ was there and, and it was just two big guys sort of slugging it out a wee bit. Um, mm-hmm. I've written here two clumsy oafs. You know what I mean? They were just sort of yes. bundling around the ring a bit mm-hmm. at times. Um, yeah, Medin's Mid- Mid- kind of, he's the unagile lump. Yeah. Um, they weren't in great shape either of them. No. This leads to this leads to um, obviously the, the post match segment, which is really what this match was all about in the yes. first place. Yeah, that's um, this is leading to the mania match. Yeah, so we got Undertaker and Paul Bearer um, who arrive with the Ministry surrounding the ring. They beat up uh, Bossman. Viscera hits him with three big splashes, and they carry him out. And this leads to a match um, in Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania 15. This is where Taker hangs a Bossman for the cell, isn't so it? That's, uh, that's when we get mm. the controversial ending, <laughs> yeah. um, which doesn't age too well, and it's still on the network to this day. It is actually. Yeah, which is quite, yeah, which is quite remarkable. Um, it is what it is. I mean, that was put in that Hell in a Cell match we did last week. We spoke about our, our favourite Hell in a Cell matches. Mm-hmm. That was one of the worst by, sh- yes. by far. Yes. Um, it was certainly the lower, lower end of that list. So, um, I could have done without it, but it was there. It was a match. At least it had a better storyline towards it. 
I think everything had some form of story, whether it was very, very little or, or, or you know, um, something more um, fat, uh, more interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, we had Kevin Kelly backstage, um, which is funny to see him because I think he's over in New Japan right now. Um, yeah, or he was for a while. It. Yeah, he's still marking out Dickard at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, um, so he interviews Mark Henry and D.O. Bill, really D.O. Brown, because Mark Henry doesn't say a word. <laughs> um, and this is Angry's pay-per-view debut. He doesn't need to. De- How good is D.O. on the mic? Well, I've written down here, you know, D.O. was one of the most underrated guys of that era, certainly. Yeah. Um, you know, he was solid in the ring, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. athletic and a good promo. Um, and, you know, Mark Henry does the new sexual, jo- uh, sexual chocolate gimmick at this time, <laughs> um, which, is, which is one of the best gimmicks of, the, of that yeah. era. It's just, it's he's so memorable. A, yeah, he's got a new, um, he's got a new female interest every week. It seems. Um, yeah. So he, he, Ivory uh, makes a pay per view debut here. Obviously, Ivory was on um, the original uh, Glow, uh, Gorgeous Ladies Glam- of Wrestling, Glamour Ladies of Wrestling. Obviously, Glamour, one of the two. Um, she, so she makes her a pay per view appearance here, um, and she's there to counteract uh, Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart's um, Valley, if you like, of Deborah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she threatens that she will rip off De- Deborah's clothes if she gets involved in the match. Um, which the crowd, of course, popped because we're in the attitude era. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Deborah looked, I mean, this is her debut, but she looked old and she was, she was like 37 at the time. Really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. She looked. Uh, like... Yeah. So uh, this Deborah. is, um, uh, we get obviously the tag team titles on the line here. Um, a GAFF, GAFRETT, and Owen Hart. Yeah, it's great to see these two, by the way. Like, these two are, you know, two fantastic wrestlers. Um, and two guys, obviously, Jarrett had the, the world title in um, WCW. Um, mm-hmm. I could certainly see Owen, you know, in that light. Um, yeah. I you know, thought... I think his character was a bit plainer at times yeah. than maybe I've... Brett was, but. I thought Owen just looked um, miserable through the mm-hmm. match. Um, it was very much a case of, what am I doing in this shitty angle, this comedy angle kind of thing? Yeah. And uh, it also kind of uh, brought it home as well. And Jeff Owen, that was the match it was meant to be on that night when he yeah. died. Uh, yeah, because yeah. uh, Owen, Owen passes away, I think it's May. It's not um, soon after this. So about three months after this. I think it was the Over the Edge pay-per-view. Um, yeah, over the Edge 99, yeah. Yeah, where obviously the, the, the horrible accident with the cables and stuff like that, um, which is still sad to talk horrible. about to this day. Absolutely horrible. Um, and, you, you know, and, and obviously, as you said, that's what it was supposed to lead to, um, was, was those two shooting and, and maybe um, Owen getting something off the back of that. And it's, it's still pretty horrible to think about this day. And, you know, he's, he's never really been forgiven by his family um, and his wife and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, hence why he's not in the, in the Hall of Fame, like a lot of people think he should be. Um, it's because, obviously, his family aren't, aren't interested in that and, and, and don't want any of that from WWE. Um, just just a terrible, terrible thing. Um to cash your mind back to him when you watch Owen it's hard not to think about that yeah absolutely so we, 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 get, we get this tag match um, as a solid enough match um, I don't think there was anything anything wrong with it I think it was it was good enough and, but nothing really of note until the finish um, D'Lo Brown goes up for the frog splash Deborah tries to distract him by um, seducing him if you like um, Ivory goes over there to get involved so D'Lo comes down to sort of break them up that distracts um, Mike Kyoto um, the referee and own heart gets the guitar and takes it to Mark Henry's leg, um, mm. who then gets locked into the figure four by Jarrett, and they get the submission win. Um, one like thing it. of note: a guitar is not a good weapon 
No. For this, because no. <laughs> it just made an absolute mess. Did you and notice that? Turned around and seen it, and he just ignored yeah, it. I'm like, oh. it. <laughs> Owen tried to get rid of some of it, but there was too much. There was too yeah. many bits. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, another. I thought this match was terrible. Yeah, it was good enough. I, I didn't mind it. It was. I thought it was solid. Um, I thought it was a cluster uh, of a finish. Uh, just, just it looked messy. The outside interference from the the valleys. Didn't, it didn't yeah. do anything for me. I didn't actually write the time down for this one, but it was, it was just shy 10 minutes, I think it was. Um, it could have been far off that. Uh, we get this lovely Mankind promo backstage, which I just love watching a Mankind promo. Mm-hmm. He's, his character and persona is phenomenal. Um, you know, the way he does, the way he changes his voice when he's Mankind to when yes. he's like Cactus yeah. and do the love. It's just such a little nuance, but it's it's brilliant. Um, the the reference to what happened on Heat when The Rock attacked um, Mankind on the stairs when he was training with Iron Sheik um, <laughs> and Bob Backlund, yes. <laughs> which is a bizarre segment. Um, but he attacks his leg and injures his leg, um, but Foley says, you know, it's not going to stop him competing in the match um, later on in the night. So nice little touch back on that one, and they, they bring that to your attention that that's going to be a, a factor um, later on in the matchup. Yeah. So we get this um, Intercontinental t- uh, Championship match between Val Venus and Ken Shamrock. Um, this storyline uh, uh, sorry, surrounds um, the seducing of Ken's sister, Ryan Shamrock, um, played by an actor, not, not his actual sister. No, um, it's, it's not his actual sister, but it's his actual real-life girlfriend at the time. Oh, was it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> moreover, this is the the point where Vince wanted to do an incest angle between Correct. Ken and Ryan Shamrock, which is yep. 100% Vince. That was actually in a recent interview as well that he did with uh, Chris Van Vliet, um, which he, he spoke about that, and that was the reason that he, he thought he never actually got to the top of WWE because he refused to do that yep. angle, and it sort of went, went downhill from there for him. Yep, yep. Uh, Venus comes out first, does his full kind of a porn star shtick in the ring, which... Uh, most people in the crowd pop for. Yeah, I used to like it. It was just something so different. Uh, yeah, again, you know, it's the t- sign of the times, and you know, I, th- I, I, I actually thought it was hilarious. When I always, th- I always thought Val was a solid, solid hand. Uh, yeah, Ryan Shamrock looks out of place. She's like, not comfortable. With she looks so irritated and uncomfortable with the situation. She just yep. looks as if she doesn't. Not that she doesn't want to be there. It's just. She just looks so kind of a... You know, as if she doesn't know how to react to certain things yeah, yeah. or how to perform um, yeah, in front we'll, of the crowd and stuff like that. And we'll get to that later on in the match. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have Billy Gunn as a special guest referee here. Apparently, um, Errol Herner refused to put his officials on the line in this match, which is fucking bizarre because he, he, then, he then goes into a last man standing match later with the yeah. Rock and Mankind who'll be having a blood feud for months. Exactly. Um, I don't understand that. Is it because they're trying to get over Shamrock's most dangerous... Most dangerous man on earth. Give so me, that, that's what I've written down. It. You know, the, the only thing, the only good thing that's coming that is, you know, they've, they've got over the intensity and, and the aggressiveness, if you like, of Ken Shamrock, mm-hmm. um, and how the, the referees know that he can just snap, and that's what they're trying to get over here. That he'll just snap and he'll do whatever he pleases, mm-hmm. and nobody can stop him. Um, so I think they do get that over to a degree, but you can't really say that on a on a card that's got a match. It's a last man standing match exactly. between Rock and Mankind, who have just about killed each other in the past. And so there's a hardcore match on this. Yeah, which is dangerous by KFAB logic as well. Yeah, so it was a wee bit silly. Um, this is when I noticed Lawler was really losing his voice as well. Yeah. Was, uh, he started speaking about Ryan Shamrock and stuff like that, and like, mm-hmm. you know, his voice is going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought the best part of this match was Billy Gunn, and that you'll never hear me say that ever again. Yeah, I've written that down. He was super entertaining. Yeah, he was really, really funny. He was really lax, and, yeah. and Cole got over that he didn't care. Yeah, so either either man. So that's what I, that's kind of what I picked up on as well. When he first came out, he was in these ridiculous hot pants, which I found hilarious and <laughs> a bit out of character for Billy Gunn. <laughs> um, he tries to do the outlaw shtick, but yeah, oh, he's he's no road dog. Let's put it that way. No, um, no. he's definitely more of a visual uh, kind of a comedy character. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really care for the match. Um, he doesn't count. It doesn't count against three. He's slow counting. Uh, he's doing all that nonsense, but he'll flip it immediately and impose the rules in a really, really funny way. Yeah. He'll go into, like, Kim Sharmock had him in the corner, and he was like, get out of the corner. And yeah. then he doesn't get out of the corner and says, okay, don't get out of the corner. <laughs> he's yeah, like, back into the corner yeah. and stands there. Uh, Shamrock went for the pin, but then he eventually got, he just got back up immediately, and, and Billy uh, says to him, oh, you need to stay on him. If, yeah. if you want me to count, you need to stay <laughs> and, on him. And Cole picks it up straight away. He's like, yeah. oh, he's, he's a coach now, is he? <laughs> yeah. Um, there was also that bit, um, I think it was Sham, uh, one of them, uh, Venus had Shamrock in a submission. Ask him, ask him what? Yeah, we things like that. Um, there was one point as well where like the, the guys have been knocking onto each other for about 15 minutes, and then uh, Billy Gunn just says, Open the hand, you know, with a closed fist. And I'm just like, Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Love 15 it. minutes in, love that. <laughs> oh. um, so this kind of like just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forward. Um, one person's in control, and then it swaps. Um, what I did notice was uh, Ken Shamrock doesn't have a character. He's just an angry man. He's super, super loud. He is so loud, and yeah. he, he talks too much. He uh, talks too much. He goes to the outside uh, where Ryan Shamrock, Shamrock's standing there um, after she pulls um, <laughs> uh, Val Venus to the ropes during yeah. a submission. He uh, shrieks. The ankle walk, he and, shrieks. Uh, blood is thicker than water yes. in her face. Yeah. And, <laughs> she misses her cue. And Shamrock just says, slap me. Yeah. <laughs> Loud for everybody to hear. The camera's oh, right in his goodness. face. So she hits a slap. Um, and, and and then Billy Gunn comes outside to get involved. This sort of comes in the finish. Um, where Shamrock pushes Billy out of the way. And Billy just starts unloading on him. Throws him into the ring. He gets rolled up by Val Venus. Yeah. The fastest count you've ever quick seen. Count. Very, very quick count. Um, gets a three count. Val Venus wins the IC title. Uh, Shamrock chases Billy Gunn up the ramp by battering him a wee bit. Mm. He disappears. For some reason, Billy Gunn comes back to the ring. Uh, leathers Val Venus a wee bit and then leaves and I'm like oh maybe this is leading to a triple threat but it ends up with Billy Gunn in a hardcore match yeah <laughs> um, it, was, it, was, it was bizarre um, 15 minutes and 53 a bit long for my taste for this kind yes. of a, this was the second longest match in the card yeah 12 minutes I would have been happy with maybe even a wee bit less but I did actually enjoy this match I didn't think it was bad it was um, um, it was it was okay yeah, I, I, I quite liked it. Um, this has been the best match in the card so far. I've written that, you know, Shamrock is, is actually really, really good. Um, I think Shamrock's really, really good, but only against certain people. So when Blackman comes into the scene, yeah, when they're similar kind of a character, like badass feud, but he's feuding with a porn star, Val Venus. Yeah. Nah, just, I know obviously the kind of sister factors there, but it's just he, he struggles to have a character. Yeah, Val works hard in this one to, to give him credit for that, but um, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't the one to speak about for the ages. But no, I, I don't think it was a bad match, and I thought it served his place on the card. I said a wee bit long, you know, cut a few minutes off of there, and you've probably got a decent match. But um, 
Billy, I say Billy Gunn was probably my favourite thing about it. He was, he was really entertaining, and I think you forget that sometimes. <laughs> like, I, I always like Billy Gunn. I always thought he was entertaining. Yeah, this, this really showcased it um, in, a, in a sort of humorous way, mm-hmm. and it helps you through the, 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 the slow bits in the match where you know you had something else to look at. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Next up, we have uh, DX versus Kane and China. Um, so it's the DX, Triple H and X-Pac against the corporations Kane and China. China <laughs> turning on DX um, a few weeks prior to join the corporation. This is China's uh, debut pay-per-view match. Um, so this is uh, it's quite a lot of interest in this one. And obviously, it's the first time I've really seen her in there with guys and, 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 and sort of breaking a wee bit of boundaries, you this know? This was billed as the first uh, intergender-style match in the WWF. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. We get uh, a wonderful appearance from Shade Omac. Um, did you see these shades he was wearing? I love Shane McMahon, but he made this match unwatchable. So, every he is insufferable, but that oh, is his character in this particular scenario. Yeah. I do, I do think it was too much. It was to a degree where it much. took away from the match. But there was also like if if he was that person in smaller doses throughout the match, yeah, it would be much more enjoyable. If, right, if he was doing that at ringside as a manager and you could still hear him, perfect. Yeah, but he's on a live mic in the commentary table. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it was too much for me. I couldn't I I couldn't tell you one thing that happened in that match because of having Shane McMahon in my ears. Oh. I must have tuned out from it then because I quite enjoyed this match. Um, yeah, I'll let you go through it then. <laughs> yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it, man. I, think, I thought it was fast. I thought it was hard hitting. I thought it was furious. You know, they, they were all they were all at it. Um, you know, they were getting in quick tags. Was, I don't feel there was any part of the match that was relatively slow. Um, X Pac gets to the outside at one point and hits Shane, um, which is brilliant because Shane's just you know in his face and then he just smacks him and you, you, hear, <laughs> you hear Shane sell immediately and also the mic's still on and stuff like that. Shades come flying off. Um, which builds into the finish later on in the match, um, where X Pac's in the ring uh, with the ref is dealing with Kane and Triple H on the outside. Shane comes in, hits him on the back of the head. Uh, X Pac immediately turns round and chases Shane up the ramp. So that gets rid of X Pac for the finish. Um, Triple H gets back inside the ring at one point. The ref taking a bump on the outside, which we've missed because there's so much going on. Um, he tries to pedigree China. Kane gets in the ring, um, choke slams Triple H almost through the mat. Drags China on top of him. We get the one, two, three. So China gets the win um, over DX. Gets a pinfall win. And China kind of move. Uh, China and China. Kane and China move <laughs> on. Um, and we get, I think it's uh, Kane versus Triple H. That mania, where it probably should have been Kane versus China. Um, yeah, sorry, Triple H versus China. I get my names mixed up here, aren't I? <laughs> it, was that, it was that exciting, am I? Oh, yes, it was enthralling. Um, <laughs> and we get X-Pac versus Shane O'Mac at WrestleMania 15 as well. So... Um, I, I actually really enjoyed this, and I think this was a time where people were realising Triple H was having some good matches. Um, I don't think there was ever a point where Triple H didn't have a bad. Uh, Triple H had a bad match. No, I would. I mean, to say so. I think. I think over you know the year up to this as well. Yeah. Um, you know, people starting to realise he was having some decent matches, and and you know, um, well, I think it was is... not too long after this he starts pushing into the title picture and stuff like that. Well, this um, is him. Know. He's just come off the feud with Foley. Mm-hmm. Or is he? No, no it's sorry. My yeah. apologies. It's yeah. Rock has his feud before the first, and then Foley moves on to Triple H. So yeah, okay, that's slightly coming in. Yeah. So we've got past the the shite. Yes. We've got past the lower, the lower, the lower, lower card and the preliminary matches, if you like. The garbage. We're now into the double main event, and this is why I enjoyed this card so much. And I think hopefully you'll forgive me a bit. <laughs> After watching these two. Yes, so it took me three sittings to watch what we've come across so far. Um, it was just 
just kept turning it off. Just garbage, absolute garbage. I was glued to my screen watching this next match. Yeah, um, I'm certainly a, a card of two halves. Um, yeah. So this is um, almost the culmination of the feud. It, it kind of is, but it does go on for raw the next couple of weeks. But I've got a, I've got a wee, a wee piece on the feud if you will uh, indulge oh, me. Enjoy. So. Absolutely incredible looking feud this. Um, if I can just go through the history of the feud. So, uh, the previous Survivor Series, uh, it's the Deadly Games Tournament for the vacant WWF title. Uh, so, The Rock wins that, and that is the double turn where The Rock turns heel, joining the corporation, and Foley gets turned face, getting booted out of the corporation in the meantime. Return match at Rock Bottom. Uh, Rock passes out to the Mandible Claw. But it's ordered that because he didn't tap out or a uh, pinfall victory, he keeps the belt. That's McMahon's call, isn't it? That was McMahon's call, yep. Yeah. Uh, then we jump to the January 4th Raw's War, where Mankind wins the title with Austin Interference, and that has got the historical significance of Tony Schiavone giving away the results on Nitro, yeah. where he says, oh, that'll put butts in the seats. And it did, Tony, because look at the ratings since. Yeah, it really did turn the tide, that one. Um, yes, shot, shot, shot themselves in the foot with that one. And that's it one did. of the most memorable moments of the ever. Then we go to the Rumble in the, on the 24th of January, and Rock wins the iconic I Quit match after <laughs> um, voicing Foley saying I Quit over the PA. And that's the match where, <laughs> oh, I love this story, it's where... Um, Foley, Mick Foley has to tell Rock that there was too many chair shots to his head. That you know you've went too far. When I think that the agreed that. number was a handful. Yeah, and, and I believe it was, it was upwards of sixteen. It was yeah, it was round about that, and that was unprotected uh, chair shots to the head because Foley was handcuffed, and yeah. that was the one where Foley's family had came to watch the match. Yeah, and his... that was a brutal, brutal I quit match. Brutal. It was so good. Then we. Jump to January 31st on Sunday Night Heat, which is the Empty Arena match, uh, which Mankind wins and takes the belt back. I have um, some notes on this as well, because this, this was, like, obviously this was half-time during the Super Bowl. Yes, yes, that's um, This was very, very successful. 5.69, this single match did yeah. at half-time in the Super Bowl. That's phenomenal. Um, obviously, the Empty Arena match is, was, very, it was, it was very successful, but at the same time, it was quite groundbreaking. Nothing, nobody had really seen that before. No. Um, I think it was either Lawler or Cornette's idea. Um, okay, okay. I think it was a Memphis wrestling thing before. I could be right. wrong in saying that. I think I heard Bruce Pritchard saying that on his podcast. Um, that that's where it sort of came from. Okay, okay. Obviously, this, this was a Super Bowl as well where we got the awesome Titan Towers sort of commercial that we did. Yeah. Um, with the guy getting thrown out the window and stuff like that. That's right. Um, so that was the same year. So it was a very good Super Bowl for WWF, I tell you. <laughs> um, so that brings us to tonight. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> this match ends in a draw. So there's no title change here. Uh, and then the feud ends on the February 15th Raw, where The Rock wins the title back in a ladder match. Yep. End of feud. I, uh, I'm doing my notes on this. I saw that that was how it sort of ended, and it went on to be, obviously, Rock and Mania. Um, and, and I watched, so this morning I watched the, the ladder match on the Raw episode as well, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity, because yep. I don't remember seeing it. And it was quite enjoyable as well. And obviously, I knew, I knew what was coming with the finish and stuff like that, so it didn't. Um, shot me or anything, but it was, it was quite an enjoyable match, so I would recommend watching that if you hadn't already, you know. Um, incredible feud. Um, we touched on this before. He just, he, Foley makes stars. Yeah. I, I've written down here, um, Mankind is one of the best to ever do it. Why? 
how many memorable matches does mankind have? Because you know when people talk about, you know, I'll take Roman Reigns as an example for right now. Okay. People say, oh, Roman Reigns is great. And then people say, oh, well, tell me tell me his most memorable matches. And you go, oh, oh um, with Mankind, I mean, he has six or seven that stand out. Yeah, that you could pluck right out there without even yeah. thinking about them. Because, yeah. I mean, big stars maybe have two or three. Mm-hmm. Mankind has six or seven. I mean, for me, obviously, Triple H um, in the street fight. The, the, the match um, in this episode with The Rock and the one at the Rumble. Yeah. The, the Taker one at 98. Um, the Triple yeah. H one that we just watched um, on No Way Out. Mm-hmm. The I always remember the match with Randy Orton. Um, the Street Fight at Backlash. I always remember that. The Edge Hardcore match. And the Edge Hardcore match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and the one he did, I think, the ECW One Night Stand as well with the tag sort of match. Um, it was like Funk and Dreamer against Edge and Foley. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's eight matches just off the top of their heads mm-hmm. <laughs> that are memorable for Foley. I think that just goes to show how good he is. It obviously, obviously puts his body on the line. That's probably why you remember the matches because he does stuff that nobody else is willing to do. Yeah, definitely. But that's but the thing. <laughs> He's hardly a you know, accomplished amateur... Well, he is an amateur wrestler, actually. Um, yeah, but he, he, I know what you mean. He's not a technical... He's, he's not, not a technical, technical prowess, player. you know. Exactly. Exactly. He's no Kurt Angle. Um, but... he, was, he was in the same high school wrestling team as Kevin James, uh, the, the guy wow. from King of Queens. Uh, that's some, what a story. That's some trivia for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that that talks my trivia from the last show we did. Wow. <laughs> um, also, I want to mention the corporate rock. Is that one of your favourite sort of incarnations of the rock? Yes. 100%. Phenomenal. His theme song's amazing. Character, he's just an arsehole. Brilliant. And, and, you know, the Rocky Suck chant comes in pretty early in this match. People, you know, hate him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, Rock wrestles in a t-shirt. Um, he's hiding the hiding the surgery scars yeah. in his uh, tit reduction, breast reduction, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so, he makes it work. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. It, it, I, I mean, it's it was something I noticed and yeah. I, obviously I knew that story. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. I think everybody knows that it's not. It's not a, a well kept secret. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it doesn't take away from him at all. Especially in like the, when he's doing the sort of eye quits and the street fights and yeah, exactly. the last man standings. You know, it you, makes sense. It does make sense. So uh, this match was, was phenomenal. It was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, both both guys, you know, they, they fight up to the stage already. Um, Mankind does a, a really good thing at the start where he sort of turns his back um, on the rock and puts his hand behind his back. Yeah, sort of yeah, referencing the rumble. Yep. Yeah. Yep, total mirror to that, uh, getting handcuffed at the Rumble. Yeah, um, I say they fight up to the stage early on, they use a set as a weapon, which we never really touched on, it was still sort of in your house style set where it comes out of the corner, mm-hmm. um, where they add bits and bobs to it just to sort of theme the, the, the pay-per-view yeah. or, the, or the show that they're doing on that time. So, um, Errol, Errol Hebner was the referee here, his counts were really fast early on. I mean, Rock gets about two, two eight counts in the yeah, first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you, you want to build that. You want to get a five or a six early on mm-hmm. and, you know, then build it to the eights and nines. Because it was kind of the opposite because it started off with the, the seven, the eights and the nines and then halfway through the match after punishment, they were only getting five counts and stuff like that. Yeah, so that, that was, that was I mean, that's a nitpick, but it is one of those ones. But it's that, using that style of match, you have yeah. to sort of space it out a wee bit. Um, do you like last standing matches? Do you think it's a good, a good gimmick match to have? Uh, no. No? No, because the finish is always flat. The f- right, the, yeah. The finish of the match finishes by 10 count, really. I just, yeah, I don't like it. No. I, I don't like it. I like the hardcore element of a last man standing match that they're trying to beat them down, but I prefer the I quit match. Because at least when I quit match, you can put them in a submission move. Yeah, and you can get a pop at the end. Yeah, whereas yeah. last man standing match, it's like, ah, oh, well. Yeah, I remember the one um, 
recently with Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. And I quite like to finish to that because that's when they, they're out in the crowd and they go through this sort of bit of this area that's obviously built for it, but they go through this sort of wooden floor and it gets to the ref, gets to the, the ref can't really see them, so he gets to like an eight or nine count and then Braun just bursts out and okay. he's the only man left standing. So okay. that kind of got a bit of pop because he bursts out with the nine and you get, oh, and then the ten and he wins. So that was fair enough, but mm-hmm. um, I, 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 like, I know what you mean. Obviously, this match being a draw, it was never going to be a good a good pop anyway. Um you know, with, with that fitting shit, regardless if it was, you know, if it was um, a double DQ or whatever, it's still going to be a, a flat finish if you're going to go for the draw. Definitely. Um, so Mankind keeps the belt post this match. Um, obviously, through the result, there were some there were some pretty nasty bumps in this. Um, I I can't believe Foley's not dead. Like yeah. watching the bumps he takes in this match, there was um... the one up at the ramp with the table. Even that one, yeah. there was just a table sitting up there with a couple of monitors on it, and the guy. I actually seen one of the, the pyro guys or whatever trying to take the monitor off before he, he DDT dropped through the table and he even, didn't grab it in time and the monitors just land on mankind's head and, and they're heavy duty monitors as the old fashioned style. old CRT style monitors. <laughs> yeah. But even when Foley is on the offensive, it hurts for him because when yeah. um, so the rock's kind of outside the ring and he's lying over the he, his head's lying towards the ring over the announce table and Foley just does the the, the Foley elbow from the the apron. Yeah, it just looks nasty. Um, yeah. Combine that with um, The Rock hits three kind of snap suplexes on the outside on the floor as well. Yeah. Um, there was <laughs> there's a, there a funny wee bit in this match actually. It was um, it was actually before the three suplexes spot. Uh, Foley sets up for the people's elbow. Mr. Elbow. Uh, Mr. Elbow, but Lawler calls it a gimmick infringement. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've not heard that phrase used uh, in years. I popped big time for the other that. Um, that was the spot. That was the, the line of the night for Lawler. Yeah, horrible spot off the off the announce table. Um, I think um, Mankind's going for like the DDT and the mm-hmm. rock back drops him, and Mankind's the... leg hits the timekeeper's table, and his head hits the announce so... table. There's only about maybe four foot of a gap, yeah, and it just sort of folds up, and it's it's horrible looking. I like how he's like he, he sells the leg. Look, oh, it doesn't. I don't care. That I've just snapped my neck. I know. I sell the leg. What a, the... what a troop, trooper! What a boss! <laughs> I mean, the so weird good. thing was. Um, that's one of those bumps that don't look as bad as it actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, you know those ones that you know they look great when they're not that bad. But this was the opposite end of the scale. That that one must have killed them. But yet, it didn't look too bad for, for, in terms of the audience and the crowd point of view. You know, it just looks like he's, he's dropped off the end of the table. Um, yeah. Yep. So uh, obviously on the replay, though, I was, oh, it was horrible looking. It looked nasty. It looked nasty. Uh, did you like the the rock spot with the chair? He goes to hit full and it bounces. He moves. Bounces I've written that down. Up. That's one of my favourite yeah, spots of all brilliant. time. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's so comical, but it's not like trying to be funny. Yeah. You know, like you know, yeah. you get comedy spots where like, they're clearly just trying to be funny, but that I one is one that you know pops you, but you're like, ah, oh, very good. You know, it makes it, and the rock's one of the best at doing it. Him and Angle were always yes. really good at it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if we go towards the finish, uh, Hebner takes a bump outside. Um, Foley gets an eight count after putting the rock into the claw as he tries to re- revive the ref. Gets an eight count. There's DDTs back and forth. Uh, one on the chair. Uh, Foley gets up again and puts them into Mandible Claw again, but the rock reverses into a rock bottom. Uh, that doesn't do it. And then we get the, the double chair shot, and neither man answers the 10 count. Yeah, both men get picks up a chair, knock each other down, and neither man answers the 10 count, so we get a draw. The crowd are furious. Yep. <laughs> they are not happy with that result as well. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it was a good sort of. When it, when it came to the ladder match and stuff, it was a good sort of way to finish it. Mm-hmm. But this probably should have been the blow-off. So you had right up till Mania to build Austin Rock. 
Right, so I'm going to disagree with that. <clears throat> right. Um, and I thought this match should have went to Mania. I thought, right. I thought this feud should have went to Mania instead of Rock Austin. Um, this is this is a five month feud, and it's ending at a let's call it it's a house show pay per view. Let's be honest, it's a it's not even a B pay per view, it's a C pay per view. It's an in your house. This and it, well, in fairness, the feud ended on Raw. Mm-hmm. This should have went to Mania. A five month feud over a one month build any so, day. So you would have took Rock versus Mankind at Mania over Rock. Austin Rock. Yes. So where would you have put Austin then in the big show? Vince. Vince, okay. Yes. I would have booked the cage match differently so that Vince won and that removed Austin's title opportunity at Mania. And then Austin gets his revenge match against the boss and absolutely destroys him at Mania. Right, okay. That's how that should be. Because Austin's already established here. Austin got established um, last year's Mania when he beat Michaels for the belt with Tyson. Yeah. So Austin's already there. The Rock and Mankind aren't. Yeah, they're, near, they're, they're so nearly what, there. What would you have put them in? Would you put them in a cell? Austin and Vince. No, um, Mankind and Rock. Oh, Mankind and Rock. Yeah, yeah. That should have been yeah. the hell in a cell. That should have been a cell match. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because that, that would have been, been pretty good. They've had every other gimmick match apart from the cell. Yeah, that would have built it up really well. Um, That's how I th- would have done it. Yeah. But, but Austin McMahon, just a Austin McMahon. Um, I probably wouldn't have had this. Ca- I probably would have had this cage match at Mania, and this match should have just been a run of the mill normal match where the corporation were allowed to get involved. Right. Ah, so you think? I, sort of, I, do you think they built it prematurely? Then I think they built it wrong. Yeah, I think. I mean, saying, saying prematurely for the the, the McMahon Austin um, storyline was is a bit short because it was, this was ten months of build already. Yeah, but they've still got another. Like X amount of months to build this as well. Yeah. Because didn't um because didn't Vince win next year's Rumble? Vince won the ninety nine Rumble, did he not? No, uh, it was Rock and Big Show, ninety nine. No, two thousand. Uh, sorry, Vince won the ninety nine Rumble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To yeah. this one. Yeah. 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 Um, so post match, both guys got loaded on the stretchers and taken so, out an ambulance. So that's that's the end of this. Yeah. It's Stuart's main event time. Lovely stuff. So we get a, the, an Austin McMahon sort of promo package, which is different from the opening package. Um, and it really shows, I mean, this is a long feud. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was about 10 months or something up to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the recent the recent um, saga in the feud was obviously Vince McMahon winning the Rumble. Um, he then gives up his number one contendership for the title. Um, but Shawn Michael, I believe, is a, is a commissioner at the time. So because Steve Austin was the final man eliminated at the Rumble, he puts Austin in that position, uh, which McMahon isn't very happy about. So Austin says, well, I'll put up my chance at the title if you face me in a match. It's a Valentine's Day massacre. So this builds up to the cage match. Um, and the build-up to it, McMahon um, guarantees that no members of the corporation will interfere. And as you said there, this would have been good to have at Mania. As yeah, a off sort of right, okay, okay. Um, Right, I didn't understand. Right, okay, I've just not understood what's happened for the Rumble there. Right, okay, so even though Austin didn't win the Rumble, he still ends up with a title shot opportunity from winning the Rumble because uh, Vince gives it up. Yeah. yeah I still think that would be a better storyline that uh, Vince then takes that back off him and he gets the opportunity yeah. um, to destroy him at Mania. Perfect. Uh, I actually listened to um, Bruce Pritchard talk about this a wee bit um, and he was saying about. Um, 
Vince on the build up to this match up obviously been a full on match. He was training with Tom Pritchard um almost every day in the lead up to this just to sort of make sure they could give the best they could give um going into this match and so that it wasn't shit for Austin. <laughs> um I mean at the age of fifty three you've got to give him a bit of props, you know. Yeah, fair play, man. Fair play yeah. they. And that's play, that old yeah. thing with Vince, you know, he wouldn't ask somebody to do something that he wouldn't they do himself. Did you like the so you actually got to see them putting the cage together? As, yeah, they built as, it, yeah. Yeah, so the, as they were building the cage, the commentators were kind of breaking down the field again. I thought it was really, really, really good. Really? Ah, because it was sort of it was building anticipation. Um, yeah. And, you know, not just... I mean, I do I do like the lowering of the cage. Um, cause, oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, a lot of times when they're doing that, they're still talking. But the actual building of the cage, um, it, was, it was to certainly throw back to the times. I, I think this might have been the last time they used this type of cage. I think you might be right. Yeah. The silver cage. The next time, yeah. yeah, the next time I remember it being used was the Austin Triple H two or three uh, three stages of hell match at No Way Out. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember another significant cage match. I'm sure there was one. Um, I just can't recall it. Yeah. The cage is built. Stage is set. Uh, the man Austin finally getting one on one noise for Austin when he came out. Yeah. Holy shit! What a pop, man! This, I mean, this is the height of the Austin era. Oh um, yeah, definitely. You know, he's he over. He's a, and I think Lawler says it. He's the biggest star. Um, it's ever been. Yeah, it's ever been. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, yes, Hogan was over. Um, and it, but it was a different time. Different you know, time. Different type of over. Yeah. Um. So absolutely brilliant. Austin. The Austin pop was brilliant. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on the black cage with, with the bars and stuff? Like that? Do you prefer that to the mesh one? Uh, mm. I think it looks sore when they get hit off it. Yes. Because it's it, actually metal. It's like it, proper bars. It doesn't look as safe, though. It looks really, really rickety. Yeah. Ah, actually, that's true. It looks shaky. It looks yeah, shaky. I, I prefer the mesh one. Yeah. But this, this, obviously the cage allowed um, Man and Austin to do quite a lot of climbing about because it's a lot easier to climb. Yeah, but the mesh cage allows for more spots off the top. Because you've right, actually yeah. got that framework at the top that they can stand on and stuff. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, do you prefer the, the old style cage? I think I prefer the old one. I think the thing is, I think cage matches nowadays are pretty poor because, yeah. you know, obviously we don't have the, the, the addition of blood anymore. Yeah, definitely. Which always added to a cage match because it shows how gruesome it was. So without that, it's just a match Yeah, I that you can't leave the ring with. I'd agree. Yeah, um, obviously, I know they bounce off the, off the steel and stuff like that, but it isn't the same, and especially with the mesh, it's got some give to it. So I prefer like, the Elimination Chamber, where okay. it actually is a bit, a bit stiffer. Yeah, a bit <laughs> like changes enough. Yeah, that's fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Vince is uh, huge. What a specimen of a man. And he is currently 2-0 over Austin. Didn't realise that either. Yeah. Through various circumstances, as, <laughs> as Lawler puts it. Yeah. Brilliant. Austin, uh, so... We get um, McMahon sort of take his time and play some in games and stuff. Yeah, we, he climbs we, up, he uh, climbs up the cage at first, and then thought, ah, I'll go back down. Um, you bit a cat and mouse to begin with. Yeah, Austin chases him round, um, and then McMahon then starts playing protector of the cage. So when mm. they let Austin in, um, once he gets round the ring and into the cage, so um, Austin's on the outside. He starts to climb. He jumps down and starts selling his ankles if he's hurt. This yeah. man starts to smile. The facials here are brilliant, by the way. Like there's just a nice. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so Vince goes round to beat him up, and then Austin attacks him. It's a ruse. You had him, um, and then we get a brawl for about ten minutes. <laughs> of I see a brawl is a bit a, a bit a strong word. We get Austin being a shouting McMahon. For yeah, 10 I mean, yeah, yeah. So he yeah. absolutely he explodes when he's selling the knee. He explodes and flows in my clothesline, which um, pop the crowd again, uh, and then they go and fight into the crowd, uh, back and forward, back and forward. Um, around the ringside area and then holy shit the two of them climb the cage and this is the this is the spot that eventually died 
Yeah, um, Vince McMahon and Austin at the top of the cage over the announce tables. Um, McMahon's head gets bounced off the top of the cage once and twice, and on the second one, he bounces back um, right on top of the announce table, and he lands right on the fucking edge of it. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, like, literally his spine meets the edge of the table, yeah. so his body just sort of contorts around it and then gives away. Um, absolutely brutal spot, and top marks to Vince. He, he, he yeah. got, not only did he do it very well, he continued but, the match. Yeah, but to take a bump like that um, for somebody who's not a wrestler, mm-hmm. um, absolute props to him. <laughs> yeah. I think I've, I've heard them talk about this uh, since, or even even Austin talk about it since. In the it's the kind of comedic um, vision of like Vince with this massive bruise all the way up his arse yeah. on his back because the amount of blood that must have went to that era is um, unbelievable. Yeah, uh, but I mean the crowd absolutely loved that. Oh, they um, loved it. Yeah, and and you know, I, I, I mean, you got some spring as well. I mean, that, it wasn't it wasn't close. Like it was, no. it was, it was ten, fifteen feet away. No, absolutely. Not. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the spring from the cage and then the bounce off the table was yeah, iconic spot. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So we get um, the referee calling for for medics and stuff like that to get a, a neck brace on Vince and get him on the gurney, and Howard Finkel goes to call the match off and um, mm-hmm. give awarding Austin mm-hmm. the win. But McMahon um, grabs, uh, sorry, Austin grabs the mic, says, nope, 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 this is bullshit. And um, the match didn't even start, he's not getting away with that easily, and the crowd go fucking nuts. <laughs> um, so he goes to the outside, he chases him up the ramp, um, trying to catch the gurney, which is quite funny as well. Um, and he's throwing the referees out the way, and then he runs the, the gurney back down to the ring and flips Vince off it um, into the cage and sort of beats him up, takes him back into the ring and stuff like that. And then we finally get the bell ringing. Because um, when we looked at this online, yeah. you know, it was about seven minutes long. And then mm. we actually, we actually realised, yeah. oh, there's about ten minutes of brawling before it. Um, not that I didn't mind. I, I, no, I loved it. It was good. Yeah. Um, so Austin starts to beat him up a wee bit. He goes to leave the cage and my man flips him off. And Austin's like, oh, going back in. Just, it's so smart. It, mm-hmm. It's such a simple, simple bit of... Of, of sort of mind games again and, and psychology. Um, Austin goes back in, beats him up some more, climbs over the top, and man gives him the double bird, mm. <laughs> which he knows a hell of a lot stronger than the single bird. Yeah, get, so great visual Vince bleeding as well. Yeah, I bleeded on the after bouncing off the cage. Mm. Um, One of those people, he just he looks amazing with blood, Vince. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he looks sinister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and finally, Austin then gets a, a stunner on Vince in the ring and he starts giving him the, uh, the old bullshit. And I don't know if you actually noticed that in the camera shot, but you see a knife come up through the ring yep. and start to cut the, the, the canvas away. Yep. Um, of course, Paul White um, comes up through the, the ring, um, which is his debut on, on WWF television at the time in pay-per-view. Um, and he's, he, he fires Austin in the cage a few times. He picks him up and throws him against the cage, which Austin grabs on, um, and the cage sort of swings open, which is an iconic spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hits the floor first, um, winning the matchup. And Austin didn't really know what happened <laughs> when he, uh, the ref goes over to him. But yeah, so either Austin is just a master of the the kayfabe and a straight face. I can never tell if this was a botch or not. If that cage is meant to spring open or not, mm. I can never I'm not tell. Sure. I'm going to assume that that was the planned finish. But so I think that um, like Austin, I think that 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 spot and White coming up through the ring, they're two risky spots. Yeah. In terms of you know there is stuff that can go wrong, especially there. with someone the size of the show. Yeah. So obviously having to, having to get him down and under the ring um, mm-hmm. without people seeing him, um, and then obviously coming up through the ring at the right time, etc. And then the, you know they've been fighting on that part of the cage before. 
So for that case to then break open at the right time without anybody <laughs> seeing anything getting gimmicked. So that's what I was looking at. I was looking for the instance, but there was a referee over at that side of the cage just before yeah. it happened. So I'm going to assume he slipped out um, one of the support bolts. Yeah. Because it was, you seen when the cage was getting put together, they were literally just slipping in pieces of metal and that was kind of locking it together. There wasn't any bolts, yeah. any any locks or anything like that. So I'm going to assume that's what happened. Yeah. So Austin gets the gets the win. Um, seven minutes fifty six seconds um, was the actual match time. Obviously, a hell of a lot longer for the brawl at the start. Paul White uh, makes his debut with his big long blonde hair. <laughs> um, he carries Vince to the back after the matchup, but really, really good. This I, I really, really enjoyed it, and it's storytelling at its best. Um, you know, in terms of match quality, it wasn't a match per se, but it was more about the story and the characters yeah. involved. I mean, Vince, you can't ever say that Vince has had a wrestling match. It's all storyline matches. Yeah. And that's what he does. I'm fine with that. And he does it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. So the show for me um, really picked up with the last two matches. Um, and I actually think it was better than the No Way Out one that we watched in terms of the show quality. Okay. So I've given it a solid B. Um, which I, I, know, I know after the early stuff was a bit flat, uh, generous. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed, obviously, the, the X the Pack. Triple H versus uh, Kane and China match, which probably bumped my score up a wee bit as well. And I didn't mind the Kane Shamrock and um, Val Venus match either, which I think you were a bit more on a negative about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, originally, I gave this um, a D. <clears throat> um, but after watching the last two matches and, and really considering it, you know, I, mean, I think um, I'd, I'd prop that up to maybe a, a, C, a C minus or a C. It was, I don't think it was better than No Way Out. Okay. Um, I think the majority of the pay-per-view was garbage. If you have just gave me Rock, Foley, and then Austin Vince, um, that would have been an A+. No question about that, but the garbage that preceded it, um, it just brought it down for me. Any pay-per-view that I need to take four sessions to watch isn't a good pay-per-view. So... Um, I would recommend watching the f- last two matches, and that is it. Yeah, ah, fair enough. Um, we differ a wee bit on that one, but I, I would agree with the last two matches being absolutely slobber knockers, as JR would put it. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely phenomenal stuff, and obviously this is where WWE really start to romp um, WCW, and you know, I don't think the tide ever turns from here on. No, um, that's this is the that was the beginning of the end for WCW. Yeah. So there we go, another pay-per-view in the bag. Um, I've done three now. Um, mm-hmm. are, you, are you enjoying these so far, Stuart? Uh, I'm loving them. Uh, I, again, it's, it's always funny to revisit that issue there and see how bad it actually was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, people have their opinions and bang on about how good that era was. I think they're confused about how good Austin and Rock were. The rest of it's pretty garbage until the, the uh, Jericho turns up, Angle turns up, Radicals yeah. turn up, and then we kind of get into the Ruthless Aggression era, which is where the actual good wrestling that's, was. That's, that, was, that was my era, I feel like. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. The um, the the Attitude era, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where the bad was really bad, but the yeah. good was so good that yeah. it outweighs it. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think the good in the Attitude era was better than any other era, but it had so much bad. For me, it wasn't the best era. I always prefer the Ruthless Aggression era myself, but that's just me personally. Um, so that, 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 that's St. Valentine's Day Massacre in the bag, um, and we'll be back next week with NXT TakeOver Portland, um, obviously happening on, on Sunday, um, February 16th. Um, looking forward to that one? Oh, yeah, I do like NXT these days. It's just it's the best wrestling show on television at the moment. Um, 
who's main event in that now? Uh, Gargano and Adam Cole, by the looks of things. Perhaps, yeah, they're building up to they're building up towards something. Um, yeah. I think um, we've got Rhea Ripley there with Bianca Belair, who we've seen in, in the, in the she Rumble as well. The Rumble, yeah. yeah, I think that'll be a really good match. I think that'll be one that may um, we the show as well, um, which is phenomenal to see nowadays. Obviously, we've been watching back the actual era with the two pay per views we've watched, and not even been a women's match. Yeah. Um, so to have you know women come that far nowadays, where we're talking about that match above anything else. <laughs> yeah, it shows an awful lot. So we're back next week with NXT TakeOver Portland. Um, looking forward to doing that one. Looking forward to getting back to some current stuff. Um, yeah. we'll be, we, we will jump around a lot because that's what we want to do. We want to yeah, just so, visit different times in wrestling. Yeah, um, definitely. So we'll, we'll try and keep the pay-per-views to their, um, their allocated month in the yeah. in the year. So obviously February, we'll do all the February pay-per-views. Um, not a lot in March, but we'll see what we can revisit. Yeah, with the exception of WrestleManias, of course, um, there's not an awful lot, but we'll, we'll do what we can do. Um, there will be WrestleMania season very, very soon. It kind of is just now, I know it's the road too, but once we get past the um, Elimination Chamber in March, um, we're, we're full throttle towards Mania, which we're really looking forward to. Definitely. So, thanks very much for that, Paul. I appreciate you coming on again. Always um, a pleasure watching wrestling with you, Mark. Brilliant, and I'll catch you next week for NXT TakeOver Portland. Thank you. I've got